coding. Coding is challenging, as you know. Every time you have to solve a challenge, you, you challenge yourself. So I came through challenges. I don't, I don't want to tell you what kind of um, challenges that I came through. Uh, it's really terrifying. It's a kind of like watching a horror movie. If you have ever heard about Sinai, what was happening with the, with the black people, especially from Eritrea. So you don't want to hear about that. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to speak about that right now because it's really terrifying to hear it. Not only to be there, but to hear it. So really, uh, I'm not going to take you through that. But what I love, why I love coding is it's really, it remembers me how to fight with difficulties. Yeah. You have to try many ways. Like It's the same thing that I came through, so, through the Sahara two, two months. I was 18 and my first time that I, that I walk, I mean, without food, without anything. Um, so I learned within those two months how to face the difficulties, really. So uh, I thought that coding would not be that much challenge for me. And yeah, and yeah, uh, and I found it not that much hard. From the hills of Jerusalem, you're listening to Is That Really? Stories and conversations about what it means to be Israeli, really. I'm Grant, and on the podcast today, Tesaflim Haile, an asylum seeker from Eritrea who came to Israel in 2010. Andrew and I connected with Tesaflim through the ARDC, the African Refugee Development Center, and sat down with him for tea in a small coffee shop in Yafo, Jaffa, in South Tel Aviv, to hear about how he came to Israel and what his experiences have been like um, since he's been here. It was really enlightening to learn about the experience of the asylum-seeking community through his perspective, and also just very inspiring um, to talk with him, as I think our audience will come to um, learn soon. Um, it was an honor to sit with him and to be able to share his story here. And um, really, we, when we think about Israel, we, we don't get this, at least I had never heard about the asylum-seeking community in Israel. So uh, it was a joy to speak with him, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. And thank you, as always, for listening. We really appreciate it, and uh, we're having a blast, and we hope you will too. Okay, first of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity like to explain who am I and uh, my life in Israel. Thank you. Uh, my name is Tesfalam Haile, and I'm from Eritrea. I've been in Israel since 2000, uh, in the mid of 2010, yeah. almost nine years. Uh, yeah, I came through Ethiopia and then Sudan and then Egypt and then Sinai and then Israel. Uh, it took me for two months, half of the way on foot, 
like walking I mean, half of the way by, by, by bus. Can you tell me a little bit about Eritrea? Um, what, what is Eritrea like? Eritrea is, okay, it's a beautiful country located in the uh, uh, east of Africa, in the ho that's the Horn of Africa. Um, and it's a small country uh, with a population of around six million people. Not sure now, but it was before, I mean, uh, in 2010. Um, and it's a country uh, got its independent 1991, but still it's not uh, a democratic country. Uh, you cannot talk whatever you want, you cannot speak with whom you want. Um, many people say that Eritrea is the uh, second, uh, I mean Eritrea is the North Korea of Africa. That's why uh, most of uh, the yours, like young people like me, uh, flees from their home country through the Sahara Desert, like taking a uh, really difficult uh, situation. So this is Eritrea, like very few about Eritrea. So how, how old were you when you, you left? I was 18. Did you live with any family? Or? Yeah, 20, 23 friends. And 23 then friends. 20, okay. for, fortunately, yeah, we, we, we make it. I mean, we came to Israel without any troubles. Wh whose idea was it to, to leave? That was my idea. Why I leave, this would be the next question, but mm. uh, why I leave? Because I, um, it's a bit complicated. My director... I was in college, and then they don't want give me withdrawal for one year because my my grandma was sick with tuberculosis. After I asked to get one year off, then they told me you're going to escape from your country, so we're not going to give you uh, for one year withdrawal. So I decided to escape from the college to my to my home. Uh, it was around 200, around 300 kilometers. And then I came, I mean, I escaped from my college as well. Uh, yeah, it's really difficult to pass from one town to one town. You have to pass every checkpoint. You have to have like an ID, a student ID with valid date in order to pass every checkpoint. That was very difficult for me, but I make it. And then I was with my, ma with my grandmother. I tried to treat her, I mean, to take care, of, take care of her. So one day the police came to my, ho to my house and then they tried to, to catch me and then to uh, put me in a prison. And then my sister knew that. And then they called me. She told me that police are looking after me. And then right away I told her, I'm not going to see you again. I'm going to go away from this country. And then I escaped to Ethiopia. 
that was the the reason why I why I leave my home country. Um, yeah. And you you left with with friends. I left just me myself, and then I found friends in Ethiopia. Mm. There is called my Aini in Ethiopia. That's a big camp. Uh, and then I meet them there. From there, we decided to escape from Ethiopia to to start the journey. I mean, were you were you walking or how, how did you travel? Yeah, nine days walking and half of the way walking. I mean, totally we walked twelve days. It was really really unforgettable uh, time. You can't you can't have for twelve days food, water, mm -hmm. and everything. You can have only for three days, two days, but more than that, you can't carry food for nine, ten days. And even the shoes, everything was messed at that time. The clothes, the shoes, it was really terrible. It's really hard for me to remember that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to answer why we took the risk. Mm. The reason was I hadn't, we, we, I mean, all of us hadn't any uh, future in our country. That's why we escaped. And then in Ethiopia, we knew that Ethiopia would not be our country. It's not a democratic country. And we were in a, in a camp, like in a closed camp, getting some photos from the uh, uh, UNHCR. So when we saw that even Ethiopia is not going to be our future, we cannot stay. We decided that we cannot stay here, so let's, let's, let's move on. Maybe Sudan will be uh, better than Ethiopia. Mm. And then we skipped Sudan. And even Sudan was the same country. So finally we decided, me personally, Israel was not my destination. I mean, I wasn't planning to get to Israel. My plan was to get to Europe. Europe? Europe. Why? Why? Because I had my I had friends in Europe, and then they told me Europe is really really uh, re Europe countries are really democratic, and then you can have all your your rights. You can go to school. You can uh, get educated. You can get mm. all your rights. So that's what I want. I want freedom. I want to get educated. I want to see my future. But in Israel, I had friends as well. In Israel, mm -hmm. at that time, they told me, you can come here, you can work, you can live a normal life, but you cannot, the country will not recognize you as a refugee, mm. which is really, really sad. What, what, is, what does that mean to be recognized a, as a refugee? I mean, to know me as a refugee. We, what does it mean? Or like, how, how is it different in, in like Europe, for instance? For instance, in Europe, in Europe, after five years, you can have, even after one year, you can have a kind of passport, so you can mm. go to other countries for vacation. And after five years, you can have the, like, a green card, a kind of green card, so you can go to, you can go back to your country, and you can, at least you can visit your, your, your family, mm. you can see your family. And you can get educated in Europe, and you can you can do almost everything like a citizenship, like the uh, Europe 
the one who born in Europe. Mm. So, but in Israel, I can't go to college. I can't even if I want. I can't. I can't have a driving license. Um, it's forbidden. I can't. This country cannot give me all my rights. I have to go to renew my visa every month and a half and every two months, waiting like six, seven hours, like in a closed tent. It's really, I, I don't know. For me, this is not. This is not freedom. So, so why did you? come here and not why I came here at that time Libya was closed mm. the way to Europe was through Libya but at that time unfortunately the way was closed so I decided instead of staying in Sinai I decided to go to to Israel I knew that Israel is better than the African countries mm. of course it is um, what what did you know about Israel at the time like what like what did you heard about it? What did you think about it? Um, like what were you expecting when, when you came here? Yeah, wh what I was expecting, I was expecting like Israel uh, would be like the other uh, Europe countries. Because I knew that, I mean, I, in school, my teacher taught me Israel, uh, the history of Israel. In, in Eritrea? In Eritrea. Mm. I knew everything about Israel. Where they came from, what what bad things they passed. What I mean through, oh, I mean the Holocaust. Mm. I knew everything about the Holocaust. Really? In short, yeah. So I thought that Israel would not be the would not be uh, a bad country. Like I mean, and then of course my friend uh, used to tell me Israel is not not a good country. Israel is, Israel is not. As we expected, but it's not it's not the same like seeing by your naked eye and by hearing. It's not it's very different. So I decided my friend would be like would be maybe my friend is exaggerating. So I have to I have to go and I have to try by myself. Uh, and also I hadn't any other options or staying in Sinai get tortured, like get kidnapped, or come to Israel. So those, those are the two options that I had before. So, so I preferred to come to Israel to take the risks, any risks. Mm -hmm. That's why I came to Israel. It's better to, st it's better come to Israel instead of staying in the Sinai with the Bedouin. I mean, with the smugglers mm. wow. I don't want to put my life yeah like in danger so you were you were like what like 19 at this point or 18 you're still 18 okay I was 18 at that time how, how old are you now 18 9 almost 28. 28 okay not almost exactly 28 wow yeah um have you been able to talk to your family at all just by phone. Mm. I can't. I never see my. I, I mean, I since 2011, I haven't seen my my family's face. Oh. Yeah. What What would happen if you went back to Eritrea? Like you mean right now? Yeah. I can't. I can't come back. 
I can't even think about that because I know what's, what, what will happen if I go back to my country. Of course, everyone will tell you, you can go back to your country. No, it's safe because there is peace agreement with the, between Ethiopia and Eritrea, but no, nah, that's, that's not really mm-hmm. what's uh, happening in Eritrea this time. But no one will tell you this one because for many reasons. So I wish I could go back to my country, but nobody will go back to his country. Except those except those above sixty something years old. Mm-hmm. But we can me personally I cannot come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um so since you've I guess actually let me back up. Also do you want I'm okay. Okay. I'll take some tea as well. Um, We took a short break for tea and pita with za'atar, a local local spice. And we didn't even, you know, talk about uh, any of the story. I think we were just talking about the weather or um, soccer, just more generic conversation topics. And it was almost easy to forget that this man had been through um, so much. So then we got back to the interview. First, I just want to say that, like, I'm sorry that, you know, that, you know, you're not able to see your family. Um, even now, only being here six weeks, I, you know, missing my, my brother. Um, so I, I can't imagine how hard that's been for you. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I'm curious... So what, what, when you eventually did get here, um, like, what was, what was the first thing you saw uh, of Israel, like, when you reached the, the country? Was there a moment you realized, like, oh, I, I'm here, like, this is, this is Israel? First I say thanks, God, because my friends left in the border, the smugglers killed them. The Bedouins kidnapped them, but kidnapped. They kidnapped them, but uh, I came. I, I mean, I I crossed the border. So the first thing that I said was thank you, and then from then the Israeli soldier took me and put me in a camp. After a month, they they picked me from the camp and then they put me actually they don't put me they throw me in the central bus station uh, and then I said this is Israel I mean I, I, I really didn't expect Israel will like just put me in the street in the central bus station and then leave me there like, go find your friends. If you have friends, if you don't have friends, um, we don't care. And then I was really shocked. I have friends. I was lucky. But for those who hasn't any friends, it was really difficult. They were sleeping in a street for a month. But that's what I said first when I arrived to Israel. On the border, I say thank you, but when I came 
to Israel, and then I was really confused, mm. shocked. Mm. I, I, yeah. So, what, what's the what was the process for you of like getting, trying to kind of get somewhat of a normal life? Cause I, I know you said you really wanted to just get an education. Like, yeah. H- how do you go from being thrown in the central bus station to, you know, trying to learn more, trying to survive, make a living? Um, as I as I said, I I was really uh, lucky uh, because I have some families, friends, mm-hmm. uh, good friends, and then they took me, they picked me from the central bus station, and then they give me ev- everything. They bought me clothes, everything, and then I start to think. I mean, what what would ha- what will happen next? And then I start to communicate with my friends, those who, those who came be- before me. And then they told me everything about Israel. And then I I realized that it's, it would it, it wouldn't be uh, easy to 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 lead your future in Israel. I mean, they told me that I can't I can't get access to any uh, higher education. I can't get access to medical insurance unless I have a job. Uh, even if I have a job, my medical insurance cannot cover for for most of the the medical mm-hmm. issues. So I say this is very challenging situation, but I have to deal with that. And I was trying to to go to uh, some organizations non-governmental organizations like ARDC, NGO, uh, ASAF, Masila, Hotline, Kavlovet, those are the organizations uh, which are helping to refugees like me in Israel. I start to go there to ask about my right and everything. Still, I found it, I found it right, difficult. Even they told me, even the, the non-government organization also told me that it's not easy in Israel. And then w- one day, my, f- my friend told me to go to ARDC. Uh, maybe, they w- maybe they can help you. After I go to ARDC, and then ARDC asked me to, to bring, if I want to go to some college, uh, I have to get my, my uh, documentation from Eritrea. And then I, I, started, I explained everything about my life to ARDC, and then ARDC uh, knew that I can't get my documentation from Eritrea. If so, my family, my family's life will be at risk. The police will come, and then they will tell them, where do you want to get this Falam's uh, documentation? And then, of course, the, my family will, will tell the police, we want to send to Israel. So their life will be really in danger. After ARDC knew that, they tried to help me with, like, with some uh, letters to write to the college, like, please help Tasfalem because he cannot get his documentation to uh, Israel. So please accept him to join the education. Um, I tried, they tried, they tried they be, their best, but at the end, it, it, it doesn't work. I mean, unless they told me, they rejected me, 
And then they told me, unless you brought all your documentation from Eritrea, we cannot, we cannot accept you. But I can't get all my documentations, but I'm ready to pass the what, whatever exam. Mm. Um, but they, they told me the policy is changed before it was working. That's why we have some refugees in our college, but now the policy is already totally changed, so we cannot accept you. And then I was really devastated at that time because, I mean, imagine you have all the, I mean, the, the willing, the feel to, to get educated, but every step you go, you got stuck. Every step, I mean, for five, six years, I struggled. And then finally, ARDC like tried to uh, to make communication with some institutes, uh, and then they told me, if you want, we can we can help you uh, to to join the bootcamp, the computer science bootcamp, like programming, coding. And then I told them, yeah, of course I'm ready for ev everything. I'm ready uh, as long as it's um and then yeah they but before we get there yeah um i'm really interested in this because I, I i study computer science oh really yeah um so we, we can talk about code um, maybe you can you can help me with that <laughs> maybe, I, maybe you can help me I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay but, um dur during those five or five or six years when you're trying to get into um into university um what what are you doing every day? I was working, I mean, 10, 12 hours to cover my 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 bill, mm. like my house rent, everything. So I was working in a hotel as a supervisor. I was working 12 hours and I was I was like trying to study at home like by myself what were you studying oh, well uh i love biology yeah yeah i was trying to i was trying to study uh nursing but israel told me <laughs> nursing nursing for you that, I, I mean do, don't dream about it i mean in israel so, uh, and then I quit studying biology, and then I start to study uh, um, JavaScript and some uh, CS, like computer science in general. Mm. Yeah. I never thought I will, I will be a programmer. Never, ever. Yeah. But we don't know what will happen next. No, we don't. Yeah. So, so let's talk about code. Coding. Coding. Um, there's, there's a big smile on your face as, as you say that word. What's your favorite programming language? I can't tell you because I, I, I don't know many programming languages. I know only Python mm. and JavaScript a bit. So I prefer Python than JavaScript. I don't know why. But I'll see. No, I, I can't tell you. Um, Python is good for me and it's really um i mean powerful popular popular and okay can you tell me about um 
like what what's the last thing that you you built or that you were working on um, for programming? Was there a project or something that was like really challenging, but you you figured out, oh, I just need to do another for loop or um, need to change the iteration? Like what what was the last thing that you worked on that was challenging? Oh, I. Let me think. It was in JavaScript. I was okay. creating a Nelson Mandela's uh, website, a front-end website. Okay. And uh, and I add some like uh, searching for his book, like answering some questions of Nelson Mandela after you read his history, and then when you, if you get the correct answer, and then you have a reward after. I mean, final uh, after you choose the. Choose the best, the best answer, like kind of. So, it was my at that time. I had I hadn't any uh, background about coding, but I was like, I was uh, studying JavaScript, and I had a bit experience about JavaScript. And I bit, and then I, the challenge was how to um, when that was my first time, so. Uh, now it's not challenging, but at that time, like to um, to write in the search bar which book he wants, and then um, if it's correct, if, if you write it correct, it will bring you. If it's not, it will not bring you. But my challenge was like adding books to the his to to Nelson Mandela's books to add some books. You understand? Yeah. So, so how how yeah. did how did you solve the problem? Uh my teacher helped me like Ronnie in the developer institute uh, the bootcamp that I'm currently uh, studying in so he helped me and then I we solve it not me but we mm. um, yeah but more than that I can't tell you because I'm not I we we didn't build uh, like a real project because we are, we just started. I mean, we are in the middle, of course. We mm. didn't finish Python, so we need to study. First, we need to f finish Python and uh, Flask and uh, Django and whatever else, and then we maybe we will, yeah, we will create some projects. But now, yeah, I mean, uh, small projects. That's not like bank account, Caspermat. Mm. Yeah, very. Very easy, so it's not considered as a project. So. Um, but do you, is that what after this program? Do you want to find work programming? Um, me? Uh -huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are, I, are I, you? I, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell you because uh, as as we talked before, bec um, I don't think so. The country will let me will let me work in the high tech high tech. Think about it. E even if you have the skill set. Even if, because my visa, in my visa, it's written, not permitted to work. So I don't think so. The high tech will hire me. Of course, I can work in some like restaurants, washing the plates, cleaning the straight. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, n I, I mean, mm. I never see someone work in the high tech. Who is which is someone from Africa, let's say? So, 
so Israel is not, not how can I tell you? It's not not easy country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is giving you the will to do this course and study? Well, my dream is not to live in Israel every day. This is my first dream was to be educated, and my second dream is now. I hope it will be. It will happen. Like to leave this country. Where do you want to go? Canada. Canada. That's my dream. I don't know how. I don't know when. But uh, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm dreaming about it. Mm. Yeah. Almost every day. I. N- not only I'm dreaming, but I'm. I'm working on it, and I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, wh- wh- why why am I stu- why I am studying coding? Um, I knew that I'm I'm not going to be able to work in Israel, but I'm sure I'm pretty sure I'm, I will be able to work in some other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one thing about programming that I've observed is, and y- you mentioned this that it's all about problem solving yeah right you you're writing some code and something doesn't work and you have to figure out how to fix it you know or maybe there's a bug in the code it breaks you have to Yo. fix the bug in the code um you're ta- you, you've been talking a lot about how you know is israel is a really hard place to live especially for asylum seekers such as yourself um you know you're you're a programmer now um, how how do you try to fix that? Not 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 just you know like it's you, your responsibility necessarily, but just how how can Israel fix what is the bug? How can it find the bug and fix it? We um, everybody knows what's the bug. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I know everybody know, and even the the government know, but he. He don't want to fix the the, 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 the the bag. What's so the bug? I'm not good in politics, but I I I mean, the question would be why he why she is not reco- recognized as. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you why, because we are black now. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's the benefit. I don't know. I can't tell you because mm. for me, even it's not clear why she's playing uh, around the bags. She know how to fix it and where to find it, but the the country all the time instead of like debugging, she's adding debugs. Like, I mean, like she was try the country was trying to deport us. Not a few years ago, or few years ago, not only trying to deport us, sh- the country deports many asylum seekers mm. from Sudan, from Eritrea. We demonstrated, even the Israeli people helped us around 27,000 uh, people were in the demonstration. Yeah, so I can't tell you, it's like if you are. If you are adding some bugs to your code, that, that means you are, you are 
trying to you want to code not to work so she wants us to to suffer the country wants us to suffer i don't know why it should be like vice versa i mean this country knows better than us what does it mean to be refugee i mean like we know the history of jewish people right everybody know all over the world so it was it's was supposed to be as i said vice versa but that's what israel's i mean she don't want to fix the bag even if even if the country knows where the bag is mm. she wants us to suffer i don't know why maybe there is some politics issues but i can't tell you uh, as long as i'm not a good politi- politician mm-hmm. yeah so how do you get from here to canada how oh, am am i going to get to canada yeah. well it's in a question mark i can't tell you but how how are people getting to canada of course i can't tell you no but for you for me i'm going to follow their way but i don't know if it's going to work like finding some sponsorship in canada who's going res- who is who is going to respond me and then to tell him to tell him everything about me all what's happening in israel and then after he said okay i can respond you and then the 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 process with the start i mean i have to fill some forms some applications and then i have to send it and then the the canadian government will send me some file number after i got the file number which means i am protected the country cannot deport me and then for sure i'm going to be to canada after i got the uh, file number but to do to make all this process it's not that much is he i have to find someone in canada who some canadian i mean it's really really difficult like like if i tell you find someone in eritrea who can respond to you it's which is really difficult for right it's exact the same thing but i'm trying i will not give up until i find someone yeah You've been listening to Is That Really? I don't know about you, Andrew, but I think that was our best episode yet. Grant, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, the Duke Center for Jewish Studies and the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University for helping make our podcast Is That Really Possible? And to you for listening and hanging out with us. If you've been enjoying the podcast or just want to make our mothers happy, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts Check out our website, www.isthatreally.com, and tell your friends. We hope that you'll join us for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Have you, uh, have you ever seen snow? Snow what? Snow? Um, no, snow? Yeah. No. I mean, snow in Eritrea, like the ice, around the ice coming from the sky. Uh-huh. Not really snow, like States or Canada. Right, right. But... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in Eritrea, yeah, we have snows, but the, the round ice coming from the sky, very, very few, but no, never.